It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Happy Hallelujah. Happy Luya, good to see you. I've been missing for a little while, and I guess I have to tell you about it. I'm Reverend Dr. K.E. Holmes, and this, oh, this is the hour of deliverance. And even saying it out loud, I'm going to talk a little bit about it today, about deliverance, and talk about uh, the miracles that we have, that we want, that we receive, and yet, when they're not exactly the way that we expected, the way that we want, I'm going to deal with that today. And I'm going to deal with it in from a place that I truly do not like to give. And I will let you know ahead of time, my not liking it is not God's way. My not liking it is my way. And all of us who name the name of Jesus Christ, don't we always want to do it His way? I even have a saying, your way, Yahweh, your way. And when other people hear me saying it, oh, they think I'm so religious and so dedicated and so deep. <laughs> what I am is wanting to make sure that I'm always giving God my yes and amen. Because that's what he gives us. All the promises in him are yes and in him amen. That's what he gave us. And when I understood that from his word, I wanted to always live so that no matter what, I give him my yes and my amen. Because I understand some things about me. And also because all my life I've heard things about me that I didn't agree with, except for that I have to realize that some of that came from my mother. And a mother knows her child. And while I disagreed with my mother most of the time, I quite well knew that she was an extremely intelligent woman. And I also understood that she was a person who got attention. And while I saw it and didn't understand, I always saw that people took what she said and it would become discussion, discussion, discussion. And that's whether they liked what she said or didn't like what she said. And it caught my attention because I loved history. I have an older brother, three years older, and he used to always teach me everything he knew. And everything that he learned in school. And so I understood things from history, the way history was taught. A lot of it we know now wasn't true or that's not the whole story. And we usually get upset about it when we learn those things. It's just that it's almost never the whole story. Life isn't just one page, one way, 
Life isn't just up, down, north, south, east, west. And like winds, things change. And it doesn't mean that the other wind wasn't true. So, when I would hear my mother tell me what I was like, and I totally disagreed. Now that I'm almost twice as old as as she was when she used to tell me these things, I recognize my mother knew me. Now her conclusions may not have added up to everything, and they may have at that time. Remember the, the winds of time? So, today, if you're looking, if you're seeing, you can probably see that there's scar down the middle of my face, down my nose. One of the things that I dislike so much is giving testimony. Mostly because from when I got saved, I most people, what they did with testimony, it was moaning. And because of how I came to the Word of God, I understood that a testimony... It wasn't just uh, the truth that would be verified in court or by court or by law, though that's very much what I understood. I understood that the testimony, from the way that I understood law, that the testimony would be something that the judge is pleased with. So that my whole idea of testimonies when Christians give testimony, it was easy for me to understand that it's to glorify God. It's to tell of his goodness and his wonder and his wonderfulness. Not just to say how bad it was before God and then God did this. It was so awful. At the same time, I understand that that's a lot of what we live. I always remind you of Psalm 107. And we preachers have different verses in there that we love to pull out and preach. And and usually don't recognize that it's different sections. And each one begins with, oh, that men would praise me. And I'm going to turn to it. I I wanted to not go to the uh, scriptures so that I would go to the testimony, but Psalm 107. And I'm going to share with you. I'm having a hard time seeing because of what happened to my face. But Psalm 107. Just starting at verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And I have a Holmes Names of God study Bible. So I'm going to read this the way it is in my study Bible. This this isn't. But whenever you see, however, whenever you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it's normally Yahweh. And I know that we went for at least 100 years thinking that Yahweh was Jehovah and we pronounced it that way. It was an error. It was a trick. 
so in in oh give thanks unto Yahweh. Now the first time God ever revealed that name or title, it wasn't by itself. It was Yahweh Elohim. And the thing that he gave, the understanding that he gave with it, is God of covenant. And his covenant with the, I want to say heaven and earth, except for that, no, Elohim dealt with heaven and earth. When he changed to Yahweh Elohim, that was the third revelation of his name or of his title or of himself or of the Godhead, whichever way that your theology can settle on or all of the ways your theology can settle on. Yahweh Elohim was the third revelation that God gave of himself. And I'm reminding you that it's compound, not just Yahweh by itself. And it's in relation to, and the way that I put it, showing you what he gave, God of covenant, God in covenant, God who ratifies the covenant or contract, if we want to talk in the way things are said today, the one who ratifies a contract. You see, today we like to call on lawyers and attorneys. Jesus, by the way, is attorney. I might get to that scripture. I might not. But Jesus is our attorney. He's our lawgiver. And he is attorney of attorneys. The same way we understand he's king of kings and lord of lords. Yeah, he's attorney of attorneys. I can give you several scriptures, but not a scripture to use that phraseology. However, I want you to understand that as attorneys go, there's none higher, none broader, none deeper, none more accurate or right or righteous or in truth or truthfulness. So when you understand that, you get to understand what he was saying when we get to the Gospels. Because that Yahweh Elohim is, is in Genesis. Okay? That first revelation of Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh Elohim. When we go through what God taught us all the way through about this God of covenant. It makes it simple and easy to understand when Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I always mention how if you look at the Greek, it, it, the, the, the expression of it that's in the Greek grammar, it would be correct to say, not ever, no, not ever, not ever, not ever. And that is whether or not we keep covenant. He's going to keep his covenant. He may not keep it the way we think. And here again, I'll remind you that the scriptures, in the scriptures, he lets us know, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. He lets us know that. So, yes, he gave us mind to think. And he gave us the ability to think. And he gave us the authority to think and to make conclusions. Part of what the whole first chapter of Genesis is God demonstrating himself, how he does things, so that when we do learn, very shortly after, that he made us in his image, we understand 
like Jesus said, I only do what I saw my father do. I only do what I see my father do. We understand and look at what he did, how he did it, and do it that way, whatever the it is. And we get to see that God said, and sometimes it says, God said, God saw. And then sometimes after he saw, when he said, it is so, when he saw, sometimes after that he says, it is good. Now, if you make a list of that, and I did, I did, because this is the way God taught me to study. If you make a list of that, you get to understand how he does things and when he does things. Because everything isn't automatically an assessment or a pronouncement. Oh, it can be, and it would be correct. However, when you follow how he did it and how he does it, and understand that he's teaching you how to live and be and operate in his image, you learn more than just an idea, just an ideology, and just a theology. So here we go about testimonies, and I I learned, I'll interrupt myself, and by the way, God interrupted himself when he gave the names, in the beginning, Elohim, Genesis 1. He said in the beginning, and I always remind you that that shows at least five things about Elohim. Time, order, place, position, purpose. And then he gives his name. So that whenever you see capital G-O-D in your Bible, it's normally going to be Elohim. You know that even if he's teaching you more about himself as God, or even if you see someone else saying something and then he will nod and give a, a nod to it. Or in a few cases, like in the book of Job, with his friends, he gives you a no. They, they're not representing me with what they're saying. However, whenever you see the capital G, capital O, capital D, one of the things that God let us know the core. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is always there. Is time, order, place, position, purpose. However, he interrupts himself to give us the second name, which is Ruach Elohim, or Spirit of God. And now he's done something, and we don't even get it to the prophets, uh, 
and I might be saying that incorrectly, we don't get it right away that spirit, that's a realm, a depth, and a dimension that he gave. And I'm sorry to let you know that we have lost so that we have so many ideas and ideologies and thoughts about it. And most of them correct, but also most of them are incomplete. And we, in the body of Christ, or we of God's people, even before there was any such thing as the body of Christ, we tend to know that we're right. And the thing of it is, is very often we are, just not completely correct. One of the examples that I like to give about that because we are spiritual, we connect to spiritual things, and we know it. We don't know how we know it, but we know it. We know. One of the examples that I give about that is when Moses was up on the mount 40 days, and the people, God's people, do you hear me? Not who we like to say the world, God's people are spiritually sensitive and they start I'm going to use a word that I'm going to come back and tell you we have no business doing they start complaining and they come up with conclusions that they know they're right about and I want to stop saying they because I want us to know that about us because it's easy to see when somebody else is wrong we don't see where we're wrong I always use the expression you don't see the nose on your face and that's whether for good or for bad and right now that's especially <laughs> funny because I know what happened to me I know how I feel I know what I felt and I know what he brought me through I know the miracle of it I know the pain of it but I can't see what you're looking at I can't see the nose on my face I can't see the discoloration and scar that you can see to know that something happened and you might have a sense those of you who are prophets in the prophetic as to what and you might have word as to what I'm staying with the example of the children of Israel down, not up on the mountain with Moses, and he was just taking so long. And when you're so spiritual, others know that they're spiritual too. And also others know that nobody knows what he's talking about half the time. So they're there and spiritually sensitive, and they're saying that Moses, he brought us out here to kill us. And to raise up a name. Now, something about human beings that I'll, I'll, I'll stop here and let you know. That that wasn't just two separate thoughts. That was probably two separate schools of thought. So that if you, were talk, if you would make it political parties, there's a political party that just knows, knows, knows that he brought us out here to kill us. And that might be the insurrection party. They might go with all that because they know that that's a fact. 
And then there's the others party, and I hope I'm getting across to you about how we are about political things and parties and ideas and ideologies and how parties get formed and representations get formed and how we know that we're so right. And there might be some rightness to it. However, we don't get to know except that we ask God and then listen not just ask God and then start telling him what we think and what we know and what we heard and what we, what we, what we. So the children of Israel, they had that to say that that Moses brought us out here to kill us and raise up a name for himself. So the other party, they're saying, yeah, he wants to just raise up a name. So you have one party that gets really militant about things and then you have another party that gets really spreading rumors and spreading thoughts and ideologies and does commercials about things. And the whole people of Israel know we're sensitive. We're God's people and we're sensitive to the spirit. After all, the spirit of Elohim, the spirit of God deals with us, rests on us. Hmm. And by the way, we like to say the Spirit of the Lord. Look up the first time that God said Spirit of God. And then look up the next time he ever talked. The first time that he says anyone being filled with the Spirit of Elohim. The Spirit of God. Because it's a long time before he says the Spirit of Yahweh or the Spirit of the Lord. He has taught us much by the time we get there. So the children of Israel, they're so sure of this and they, they, same way a political party does or an ideology party or a group or a demonstration or whatever, they get together and they form a thing and they do something about it. The thing of it is, the scripture tells us, and we know that the word is truth, the scripture tells us that God says was saying at that time to Moses, these are a rebellious people. I'm going to kill the whole lot of them and raise you up, Moses. Now, I want you to know that while the scripture says this, I recognize that God is saying this, and he does mean what he says. However, he's saying it to bring up something that we learn here again much later in scripture of the necessity for intercessors the necessity for someone to speak up for those who don't have a voice and we only ever think of those as being innocent but even for the guilty even for those who are wrong and so for me, I see that God is saying this, knowing the heart of Moses, because they did what I call God on Moses' nerves all the time. They were continually rebelling against him, and Moses had to keep himself before God because God made promises, and the way we are, we want to see it. We want to see our miracle right away. We want to see it a certain way. And when God doesn't do it that way, some of us fly off the handle like make forming the parties 
And others of us have to, God, you said, God, you said, God, you said. I often mention to you at the Red Sea, Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the very next verse, God is saying to him, why are you crying to me? See, both go on where you know as a leader to say what God said and keep the people engaged with the promise of God and saying what he said. And you learn that you say what God said so that you can stay in faith with what he said and not go into ideologies and theologies and so on and so forth over what God said and being like the serpent, being more subtle and saying, hath God said? Didn't God say? And causing a whole generation and generations of error just on, didn't God say? Didn't God say? So God's leaders and no, you want to say what he said. Whether you think you know what he said or whether you don't think you know what he said, you want to say what he said. And Moses, right away, he intercedes. God, no, you don't want to do that. And God hears his intercession. Very like with, with Abram when, he, when God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and he intercedes. Part of at, at the very first sin. Adam, where are you? Is God calling us out to make our confession so that he can do the cleansing? We learn that way later in the New Covenant that when you repent, he will forgive your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness, your past, your present, all. So that Adam, where are you? It's not because God doesn't know where he is. God is calling out repentance. Of course they didn't. They each accused each other. God's people. Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. We still do that and we want to make sure that we don't. We want to ask God to keep us in his heart and in his mind so that we're not busy accusing. Especially when we're the ones who are guilty. Because when you go back and look at that, each one had done something wrong, but they accused. Each one accused somebody else. And it doesn't mean that that wasn't correct either. Because some of it you look at, yeah, the serpent begot me. Yeah, yeah, yes, he did. So if I understand where you're wrong, or where the serpent is wrong, or where Adam ended up saying, the woman you gave me, Talking to God. You gave her to me. Oh, yes. We can get so full of what we know and what we expect and saying what we think. Remember, they walked with the voice of God. Mm -hmm. So don't ever think you're so spiritual and full of so much understanding or any of us. I love all the commentaries. I've always had the best of them. I love how God has taught me. J. 
just now with the scar that you can see on my face. I thought I knew a whole lot about rest and him being our rest. And God taught me what feels like a whole universe. A whole understanding on depth and dimensions and holiness and righteousness concerning rest. Yes, and I, I added, it's it was already there. And after decades of being saved, and to use the old expression, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, full of the mighty burning fire, and being a studier. In my in my twenties, I used to say, I'm going to be a professional student. I'm always going to be studying because there is so much to know. And that's in any realm of anything. There is more to know than if you make that your study for a lifetime. So we, God's people, we're spiritually sensitive. One of the things that I always remind you, or remind us, because I'm always reminding me too, is that in the book of Revelation, the seven churches, at the conclusion of each of those seven churches... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Churches of what Jesus had to say. To each one, he said, he who has an ear. Let him hear. And this we even miss. Because it's Jesus signifying by his angel. But Jesus is the one talking. And he says, he who has an ear, and by now we've learned what having an ear means, or we think we have, let him hear. Well, what are ears for but to hear? He's giving us a depth and dimension that's just beyond having an ear. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, Jesus is talking He who has an ear, let him hear. This hearing is a taking it into your soul and your spirit and your person. And more than that, by the way. Let him hear what the spirit. Is he talking the spirit of Christ? I think it's, uh, is it Romans 8? I might need to go and look. Romans 8 or Romans 6. One of them has the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord 
Jesus is talking. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit. So are we talking person spirit? Are we talking realm, death, and dimension spirit? Because the first thing that God gives us on, when he says Ruach Elohim spirit, I personally don't think realm, depth, and dimension is the right word. I personally think that we don't have a word that gives a proper definition of spirit, even when we say spirit or the essence of spirit. Because when we go through, then we don't know whether to say he, him, it. I, I, I recently heard a wonderful prophet, I have to say that, a wonderful female prophet, and not just with the gift of prophecy, but moving in the office of a prophet. But I heard her on a telecast or podcast or whatever they're called, and she was saying of, of uh, in heaven there's this fire, and she was making it uh, the throne and I don't want to misrepresent her, misrepresent her, but she was making it the throne of God, and she was saying what it was. And I had learned, for the way that God taught me, to follow the first mention of how he says it, what he says, to get all the scriptures when there's a ton of scriptures on, you know, using the same word. And, and back then he taught me to use Strong's Concordance. And now I'll let you know, too, that it's different online. Some of the things are changed from the the printed copies that I have from 50 years ago and 30 years ago and 40 years ago. He would show me to find all the scripture, see where he said, where he used it the first time. And then that's where I understood that the first time a word is used is not necessarily him saying it. And I had to pay attention. He was teaching me. The first time man uses a phrase or a word a certain way. And what he taught me was that the first time he uses, that's the nucleus of it every time you see it. And right now, we were, before the broadcast, we were talking about the word revive. Actually, the revival and you get to find out it's not even in the scripture. And we have whole thoughts about it. We have whole schools about revivals. We have whole classes on revivals everywhere. And we recognize a revival going on and we have all definitions. And so you end up finding the word revive. And instead of looking for how God uses that word and what he is saying... And what he, what it is bringing, or not bringing, what it includes or doesn't include, we get to find out. We have a whole lot of letting go of stuff, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, where we built up all these doctrines over hundreds of years, and we just know that we're right, or like the children of Israel, knowing that they're right about Moses up on that mountain. He's taken so long. Or if you look at the different tribes, God is the one who gave the tribes. And each of the tribes had different purpose. However, when you look at some of the tribes, they were so full of their purpose and knew their purpose, they'd kill you over it. 
And that is an interesting thing because one of them is Ephraim. How does, I almost don't want to ask the question, but I want to show you our progression into a very thing that we already know is wrong. However, when we go into our thought and not his thought, we just know we're right about what's wrong. Now Ephraim, Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's sons, Joseph was the one sold into Egypt. His brothers were going to kill him, but his eldest brother saved him from them wanting to kill him. Here he is later having sons that become a people, that become a tribe. And their way to handling things is if you can't say it this way, if you can't do it that way, because we all agree, we all think the same thing, they'll kill you. They know that it's wrong for their father. If they would think about it. Except for they thought about it. But without the mind of God and the heart of God and the thought of God. We're so sure that our our conclusions are correct. And then if everybody around me agrees, we really know we're correct. Or if somebody who I really can't stand, who has done me so very wrong, disagrees then I really know I'm right and you're wrong. And we do this they, them. And we move more into our rightness, not righteousness, rightness. So, me not liking to give a testimony since when I first came to know the Lord, I heard more moaning than giving glory to God. I heard more groaning I heard more of the test than of the promise of God and it gave me an attitude which I thought was right that I have learned is not right even though it did correct something so that I wanted to make sure that whenever I told what God brought me through I'm going to give God glory like the thing that I was going to show you in Psalm 107 oh give thanks unto Yahweh God of covenant God who ratifies and keeps the covenant oh give thanks for he is good you can make a a, a week long sermon on each one of those for he we're talking about him not the test we're talking about him What shall separate us from the love of God? Not trial, not none none of that. That's over there in Romans. He is. Not was, not will be, not going to be. Not it's going to be all right. And I don't like to say not. Because it is. For us, the way we live out life, it's going to be. For us to look back at what he's done, it was already. He is good. Not
not just just. Yes, he's just. He's good. And this is in front of this is in front of a horrible, horrible, horrible test. For his mercy. Most of us know mercies when things are bad. When you when you need a better solution than what you're looking at or what's going on or what you're going through or what somebody you know. His mercy endureth. Now you've got mercy, and now you know that this needs to keep on going on. And most of us, when we're in a test, we want it to stop right away. When I fell and messed up my face so bad, I wanted a miracle. And what he said, oh, you're looking at a miracle. But it didn't go from immediately when I bounced and dragged my face and was all scarred up. My whole face, not just my nose. You don't know. You're looking at the miracle. He says, his mercy endureth. And it's not just old English saying forever. His mercy endureth for. Ever. See, ever is beyond time and transcends time and keeps on going past time. Even though it can include time. See, we, we're so busy thinking that old English. Anyway, now watch this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, say so. We love that scripture. Whom he hath redeemed. From the hand of the enemy. We love that. We love knowing that. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. That he gathered you out of there means it, 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 you were there. And it takes some time to get there if you're talking about living it, living it out. Like Joseph didn't just have the two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. They became a people. They had sons, and then they became generations, and then they became a tribe. That didn't just happen overnight. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. That took some time. More time than anybody wanted, than anybody liked. When we want our miracle, we usually want it yesterday. And I, that's an expression I make because I, whenever I, I think I understand something, I know that the time it took for me to come to an understanding, it should have already been that way. And I, I just have that thought so that when I ask God, I ask God because his promises are already yes and amen. So I wanted yesterday and him doing this miracle with my face and my head and my brain and my body. From the bounce, bounce, skid, shred, skin, fall. Oh yeah, you're looking at a miracle. And he taught me something different. Something more. In depth and dimension. In arena. In holiness, in righteousness. Concerning rest. But watch this. They wandered in the wilderness. I read that one. Hungry and thirsty. It takes a while to be hungry. You're not, you know, if you woke up hungry, it's because you slept a while. If you got thirsty, 
That took that took a little bit. Some of us it doesn't take as long. But it, you're not just right away hungry, mm-hmm. not a, right away thirsty. And what he's talking about in the wilderness, yeah, this is a while. In a solitary way, they found no city to dwell in. Oh, pardon me, I read that. I'm going to verse six, one oh seven six, Psalm one oh seven six. Then they cried. That then is a long, 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 long time. And they moaned. Cried? Yeah, they they cried. These aren't babies. These are not babies. They cried. Unto Yahweh, unto the Lord, the one who ratifies the covenant, the one who keeps the covenant, the one who will never leave us nor forsake us, except for that when you're going through this, you you feel left, you feel forsaken, you had better continually remind yourself of his promise even though this part wasn't written it's still the still God's way all the promises in him are yes and in him amen and you want to say well Jesus wasn't born yet he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth all the promises in him are yes and in him amen they cried unto Yahweh God of covenant ratifier of covenant in their trouble. See, some of us, we think to have a miracle, it's not it. If you're sick, don't say you're sick. What do you want to be healed from then if it's not sickness? What I'm saying is a miracle isn't denying the facts. They cried unto Yahweh, God of covenant. In their trouble. I remember a period of time where even I think I got caught up in it like I don't want to be under the circumstance. Well, if you're under the circumstance, you want God to show you how to come out. Hello? You don't want to say I'm not under. If you're under the cloud, you want to know the glory of God in the cloud. And if you're in the sea, you want to know the glory of God that will not only part the sea, but make it dry ground. You don't want to say, oh, I'm not, that's not where I am. And then later, if you agree with God, God lets us know in Hebrews that that was a baptism. When you live in it, you don't always know it. So don't moan. Don't moan. Come through the test saying his word, saying what he said, not just what your neighbor agrees that this must mean. I love it. They cried unto Yahweh in their trouble and he (laughs) delivered and I still want to go to that word them out of their distresses. Yeah. One of the reasons why I like to teach to use the uh, book of Proverbs for the day of the month. Pardon me, the, to put the particular chapter. Because it teaches you that just not one thing is going on. There's a whole bunch of things going on all at one time. And I want to let you know. I got through the almost the whole hour without 
given the testimony because I don't like to give the testimony. But I want to let you know that I fell and I didn't just fall. It couldn't just be your ordinary kind of fall. It was as if my head bounced like a basketball, except for that it also scraped on the floor like I was trying to ski, scraped my skin, made my skin all raw, not just what you're seeing healing. One of the things about the miracle and miracles that God kept doing is every few hours, I was so much more healed better than a few hours ago. And in all of this, he kept telling me, rest. And at first, I thought I was resting. Well, first of all, when you knock yourself crazy, that's silly. And I'm not just using an expression. I am not just using an expression. When you knock yourself like that and bang and bounce and scrape yourself like that. And I do understand that that was some kind of opposition from the enemy I do because I will not be taken down by the enemy and I know that the enemy was defying that however I don't look anything like what I looked like a few seconds ago and as I'm testifying to you now to let you know that every few hours I didn't look like I looked a few hours ago And he did that. Each time it was a miracle looking at from the last time. Each time it took his presence and his loving kindness and his goodness to even look at my own face. Each time I'm looking and understanding about the scripture that says that he wasn't recognizable on the cross, even as a human being. Not just you wouldn't recognize him as Jesus, that Jesus from Nazareth. No, He was beaten to the place that he didn't even look human. And my face was like that. The only thing is every few hours. One of the things that God said, and I I like to, I want my children to know this. My children are grown, very grown. My, My baby, the youngest, is having her 40th birthday coming up. Hope to see you at the celebration. Yes, and I'm asking you to be good to her and treat her good. Yeah, because 40 is a special time. And the other two, her older brother and sister, aren't just a couple of years older. Seven and eight years older. And Jesus said to me to listen to them. And he let me know to listen to each of them. And he let me know that what each of them said would be different from what the other one said. And he let me know part of what I'm letting you know now. We just know we're right. We just know we're right when we're right. And when we know we're right, unless we hear what the Spirit says to the church as, bringing you back to that revelation thing, you don't want to hear what the other person has to say because you know that you're right. You know that what he said to you and what he's given you and what he's given you to give, that's right. And Jesus let me know each one of them was right. He also let me know that each one of them would have a different thing. And he also let me know that each one of them from out of their love for mom and they, they're grown, they're grown, but they still call me mommy. 
because they love me like that with that tenderness and with that specialness and out of the heart and soul. Yeah. And he let me know that each of them was right. And he also, as he let me know it, he also showed me that each of them, that he had already done this. Now, it hadn't happened yet that each one of them is bringing me what their solution to what had happened to me. But he let me know that he had already separated it so that they weren't saying it in front of each other to argue about it. Is one of the things that their father and I raised them in to understand, and we understood this from the word of God, is that when you move in love, you move in life. And when you move in argument, if you haven't noticed, those of you that go visit people or even your own family, you start to argue, fuss and argue when people you love are in trouble. And that fussing and arguing causes Disease. Yes, yeah, say it faster. Disease. The very problem that you think you want to solve. And so Jesus had let me know. Listen to each of them. And even that listening, like I was telling you about my mom, she knew she knew her daughter. And one of the things that she always told me is that you don't listen. You don't listen. And I took that a certain way most of my life because I was so sure my mother didn't like me. The only thing is, my husband, who loved, 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 loved me, one of the things that he used to say lovingly is nobody can tell you anything but God. Now, when he got really, really upset with me decades later, he said in extreme anger nobody can tell you anything and so I understood that I'm hearing Jesus and I need to listen the only problem with that is I also understood that I probably had a concussion I also knew for sure what I was and wasn't going to do about it because I remembered having a concussion more than 50 years earlier And the parts that I remembered about it is that you can't trust what you're thinking. You can't trust what you think you hear. You can't trust what you think you know. You can't trust what you think you're saying. Except for that I knew that I heard Jesus, the great physician. And as I knew that I heard him, I also knew the way I like to find chapter and verse on anything. There is not a chapter or verse that calls him the great physician. Oh, there's verses that let you know that he is. But for the way that I like theology with my degrees and the way that I like to stay in the word of God, as he's saying it to me, because he is the very word of God, I knew the truth of it And also the untruth that I had put around it. And I recognized. Of course, that wasn't to get. I'll probably do a course on it sometime or other. But it was then to understand 
Because when he, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. And he was working this miracle in me. I recognized it every few hours, but it had to be minute by minute, second by second, like in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, when we shall be changed. Yeah. It had to be like that, healing up my face. Because it was the whole side of one face, the whole side of another face, until it didn't even look like a face. And then he gave me courage. He is my courage. Because I know the word of God, and this is word of God. For those who lack courage, your strength is small. And I always recognize that God will move me in a thing beyond my understanding. Because if I think about it, I'll lose courage instead of moving faith, instead of think of what he said. Now, I train myself. Oh, I have all these scriptures that I use because I know what things give me challenges. And here again, other people have looked at it when they see I used to carry the, all the scriptures on a key ring, and it was a full key ring. So that when I would meet different challenges, I immediately go to the scripture. And people thought, oh, that's so spiritual. No, that's just me wanting to walk in his way, walk in who he is and be like him. And I'll tell you the testimony now, and I'm only realizing it right now as I say it, when he kept telling me rest, when he saved me, I asked him to make me like him. And he said, yes. And one of the things in this fall, I recognized he is our rest, though scripture tells us. And he was giving me not just to have rest, but to be rest. Rest in how I love, rest in how I pray, rest in my expectation. And now what you're looking at is a miracle. And he's not done with me or with you.